There's an old saying in superhero video games, with great power comes greater need for heat sinks and fans to offset the heat generated by that power. Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. This week we're talking about superhero video games, how they work, what makes for a good one, and what are some of the challenges inherent in adapting that sort of story into the medium of games. Our spider sense is tingling, so let's get into it. I'm Kirk Hamilton. I'm Maddie Myers. And I'm Jason Schreier. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's us again. Wow. Yet again. All three of us made it. We have so much to talk about today. We did. We We showed up. We made made the commute. The long commute. Oh, guys, I almost forgot. I have something cool to show you both. Um, Oh, okay. Something cool. Hold on. on. Stay. Keep recording. Finally something cool. This is exciting. Okay. I'm going to turn off my mic for a second, but but keep recording. Okay. Okay. I'm going to describe. Oh, I can't. Des- I was going to describe what Jason is doing, but he's turned off his screen, so now <laughs> I can only see Maddie, her keytar with a Wolverine mask on it behind mm-hmm, her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can only see Kirk and some cool blue lighting next to his yeah, various a instruments. Bit of, a little bit of atmospheric lighting in here. What if Jason never came back? He was like, "Let me show you something cool." I quit. <laughs> it's just like a middle finger emoji on his screen. It's just like a custom gif of like Jason flipping mm-hmm. us off and being like, "I'm never coming back." He's been gone for a surprisingly long time. Is Jason okay? Should we send him a DM? I, I think he probably is. I'm pretty excited, but I'm wondering what it's going to be. Is this going to be? I think it'll be a physical object that he'll hold up to the camera. Like mm-hmm. he's got something that he wants us to see. Yeah, I was thinking maybe it was an elderly Japanese man, and I was like oh, a little that would worried. Be... I was like, did Jason take that bit too far? <laughs> like, did he befriend somebody? And he's like, it'll be really mm-hmm. funny if you come and say hi to my friends right. on this right. show we do. Like, Let me tell you about the rule of threes in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a real punchline at the end. <laughs> you gotta uh-huh. take it somewhere unexpected. I think it's going to be an object. I think it's going to be, I suppose it'll be video game related. Mm-hmm. Maybe it won't be, but it seems like it probably will be. I hope it's a Sweet Code into cosplay. Mm, oh, man, that would be good. He's like dressed up as Nanami. He has yeah, the hair. Yeah, you know, I'm still, I'm still like wishing there was a huge cosplay group of every single star in that game. <laughs> like no one would ever do that. But what if somebody did do that? That would just be so cool. I I don't know how popular cosplay of Suikoden is, or how how popular it was even when those games really, were more recent. When I looked recent. it up, there were definitely like Jowie and Ryu and Nanami cosplayers, sure. uh, and I feel like but there not was... not people cosplaying as like the private detective. <laughs> okay, <laughs> guys, 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 guys. Oh wait, Jason's okay, back. Jason's Do you remember back. how Kirk secretly watched Billions for like a month without telling us? Oh my us? god, yes. <laughs> I do. I do remember that. Well, I did something secret, too, without what? telling you guys. It is <laughs> a thing he's holding up to the camera. In fact, it is a human being. What? <laughs> yeah, I secretly had a baby. Why did what? you do this? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, my God. Gotcha. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. That's so exciting. <laughs> what a weird 
how am I going to top this? I feel like the pressure's really on me now. He's six days old. I hope that his name is Bobby Axelrod. <gasps> Fingers uh, crossed. I'll you guys his name Bobby Billions himself. But I think he's Bobby hungry, Billions. so I, he has to go now. Okay, yeah. Well, he's a tiny baby. Oh, that is so exciting. Oh, and there's Amanda. Hi, Hello, Amanda. Amanda. Congratulations. Congratulations to you Jason both. didn't oh, tell that's us so this, exciting. so we had no idea. She can't hear us. She just has a life and she's walking away. Oh, man. Away. Mazel tov. What a cool surprise. That's that wasn't what we were wild. expecting. What were you expecting? No. We're something Suikoden, like you're going to be in Suikoden cosplay. We had or, a few guesses. Or an elderly Japanese man was my main also, guess. Also, right. Mm. You had Close. you had decided to complete it's that sort joke. of. I mean, babies kind of newborns look do look like old men. <laughs> yeah, they do. Mm, that is yeah. true. They do have kind of old man energy. So this is a much better surprise. <laughs> um, it worked out nicely because we actually went to the hospital last Wednesday, the day after we recorded, and I was like, "Oh man, I hope we don't have to like go to go into labor like during the recording session." <laughs> you guys have no idea, right? Bizarre thing to keep a secret. <laughs> no. How on no. earth would we have guessed? <laughs> like Jason, you kind of have expectant father energy. Jason right? has that so, that glow. He's just glowing, but it must be because he made us play sweet code in two. He's still just feeling good. Just about so that. you understand the extent of how secret I had to keep this. I went to a barbecue at Summit Sarkar's house. You uh, did. A few and weeks I ago almost went with to Amanda, that barbecue. with my wife, who was eight months pregnant at the time, and so I had to go around because half of your coworkers were there. I had to go around to all of them and tell them to keep it secret from you. What? <laughs> Oh, wow. All okay. right. That's pretty devious. I appreciate that. I had to I had to find a way to one up Kirk. Well, you you did. I <laughs> Yeah, I would say that a, a human life is is one upping uh the knowledge of several seasons of a TV show. It's a, yeah, it's a I, little bit better secret I'm, to keep. I'm a competitive person. What can I say? Anyway, yeah, that's good. <laughs> hey, on with that's the show. Good. Am I supposed to secretly play Xenogears? I'm so overwhelmed right now. I don't <laughs> yeah, even know Maddie, what to Maddie, say. Yeah, Maddie, really, uh, balls you really in your have court. To, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm the blown stakes away. Are high. That's so exciting. Jason, that you is have exciting. two children. I have two yeah, children. Now you can do A B testing. <laughs> my my one more thing <laughs> I was another fake out because I want to talk about having two children a little bit later. Oh nice. All right. I was I, thought, right, I was right. I was wondering if the thing you had put seemed like the best one more thing, but I wasn't uh-huh. gonna I was gonna take uh-huh. take you at your uh, it was a fake out. Take you at your word. Mm. Nice. Classic Nicely fake out. done. Nicely done on all counts. Congratulations, Jason Schreier. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wild. Wild stuff. Well, <laughs> on that note, more Triple surprises. Click. <laughs> Triple Click is a, it's a listener-supported show, and we've got a, yet another set of mouths to feed between the three of us. So, hey. So true. If you want to help Jason pay for, for diapers and, uh, and a lot of diapers, know, uh, toys yeah. and, and clothes for his new offspring, well, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash join. You can become a member of Maximum Fun, which is our podcast network. And yes. if you do that, you support our show. You help us keep doing this where we surprise one another with delightful <laughs> things every so often. And we... I like this better than the thing where we force each other to do things we don't want to do. This is yes, a way better surprises. running bit. This it is, is lovely. It is. I love it as well. <laughs> anyway, you you all pretty much know the drill if you listen to this show. Um, you get monthly bonus episodes. The bonus episode this month is going to be about the TV show Better Call Saul, which just concluded last night. I stayed up oh late to watch God. the finale. You oh, both what a finale. Did. Holy crap. What a oh good show. God. I'm going to watch it after this. I was literally, you know, 
Oh, I can tell this story now. I was crying like in front of the TV. I got upstairs. I went up to Amanda. I was. She was like, "How was it?" Because she doesn't watch it. I, I was like, mm-hmm. "I was crying." She was like, "Well, you didn't cry last week when your son was born." So. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Look, okay." Listen. <laughs> Jimmy and I go go pretty far back at this point. Uh huh. Kim Wexler, really. She and I. She and I yeah, are buds. Yeah. It's really all about Kim and not Jimmy. We don't It's it true. It's it true. Is. Just kidding. I love them both despite their many faults. Yeah. Today I was driving and I saw Florida license plate and I, I choked up. I was like, Kim, Aww. I can't You're believe. like the sprinkler company. Yeah. Oh, that's so. that hellish life you lived. I know. Yeah. Her new hairdo though, you know. She's, she, well, anyways. <laughs> No, we'll, we'll get we'll into it on the, the Beans cast. Spoilers. Spoiler cast. We'll yep. get into it on the Beans cast, which you can listen to if you become a member at MaximumFun.org slash join. Of course, a lot of other bonus episodes that you will also get to listen to. And uh, one other bit of housekeeping is just a reminder that we are all reading the book Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. We've taken to calling it Tomorrow X3, at least when I write it out, because that's easier. <laughs> nice. It is a, a wonderful book that I am near the end of about game developers and just life and being creative and creative partnerships. It's really a really, really readable, really fun book. We're going to be talking about that on September 8th on our episode on September 8th. We're going to be spoiling the book, too. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you can listen to it later if you read the book a little late. I saw some people were getting it from the library and may not be with us in time, but hopefully you have it and you're reading it, um, and uh, that's going to be really fun. So September 8th for that. All right. So. On with the show. Wow, that's a lot of a lot I of really know. exciting. Yeah, I feel like we've had a whole podcast's worth of drama already. <laughs> wow. But um, we have got a hot topic for you for this episode. This is something we've all been chewing on over the past few weeks, in part because Marvel's Spider-Man, originally on PlayStation, is now out for PC. We've been kind of replaying that game and thinking about it and just thinking about games in general. So we wanted to talk about this topic, and that topic is superhero games. What makes a good superhero game? What is it about superheroes that can translate well or poorly to the video game, to the medium of video games? There's kind of a lot to talk about. There's a lot of different kinds of superhero games, and it's a pretty open topic. I wrote some prompts, some questions. I listed some games, but I don't have a super strong agenda here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick us off with a quote from our friend Tom Bissell that he wrote way back in the day, in the early 2010s, in his review of Batman Arkham City. He wrote, what if... Of all the experiences video games make theoretically available to us, a simulated superhero experience turns out to be what, at the end of the day, video games do best. Mm -hmm. That is the opening line from his review. And I think, you know, I think that's a fun opening line and probably a good prompt to kick us off. So let's just start by looking at that question. Are video games uniquely suited to superhero stories? And if so, or if not, what makes a good superhero game? Oh, man. It's a good question. I, I actually well, so I think that um, I can't really answer this without also tackling another question you wrote here, which is, are all video games kind of superhero games? Is God of yes. War a superhero game? Is Control a superhero? And I think the answer is absolutely. Like, well, not to all, but certainly all every, is a bit of an every all kind the power of, like, fantasy games are. Yeah, every games. power fantasy game, every action adventure game where you're like building up a skill tree and collecting powers mm-hmm. and gear for your for your 
decked out uh, superhero protagonist is a superhero game. So like Kratos, I mean, the only difference between Kratos and Batman is that Kratos didn't originate in comics. Um, and I was going to say doesn't have comics, but I'm sure there are comics about Kratos oh, yeah. these days because everything is transmedia. And so it doesn't, <laughs> there really is no difference. It's just like where your origin is determines whether you're a superhero or not. So in that sense, maybe Tom is is getting at a point here in that like the, the video game form is best at delivering a power fantasy, which is probably a stronger argument than like the superhero. Or maybe it means the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, especially since a lot of early superhero games weren't very good, which is something that Tom also gets into in the article. And the Batman Arkham games were some of the first really refreshing superhero games. And of course, we live in a post-Arkham world now. We're all coasting on that. And we all kind of have that as the barometer by which we can measure other superhero games. But before that, mostly superhero games were based on movies and video games that are based on movies are notoriously stinkers with the exception of E.T., greatest game ever made, obviously. Mm, yes. And 1984 so classic. at this point, like if we're looking at something like Spider-Man, which it feels so good to be Spider-Man in Spider-Man that it's just like, oh, of course, this is a perfect video game concept. You're a super powered being and you're swinging around the city. But I don't know if that was necessarily a given when Tom wrote this line. I think for him, it was more of like a revelatory moment of this type of game that takes Batman and makes him feel like a video game hero is the final realization of what video games should have always been. It's just that you were Mario and Kirby before. It's And those characters may as well have been Batman, if that makes right. sense. Yeah, there's something also to the specificity of Batman. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the first, and I don't think this is necessarily true since there was like the Treyarch Spider-Man game, there have been good superhero games before Batman Arkham Asylum, which I believe was in 2009, that were good or seen as good. Yeah, X-Men, Children of the Atom. How could I not mention the X-Men arcade game? (laughs) Another great. (laughs) It actually is really fun. Yeah, it is really good. (laughs) I think that Arkham Asylum got at something that, I, you know, Spider-Man kind of had, but that felt pretty fresh when that game came out, which was it really felt like a Batman simulator. Yeah. And in a way that worked and was fun as a video game. And I think that's specific to Batman because Batman's whole deal is basically he is a normal guy mm-hmm. he just has a lot of cool shit he's which basically makes him he's kind of like sam fisher from splinter cell or whatever like he's kind of a stealth game protagonist in a lot of ways who then he also is able to fight and you know he's he's got a lot of martial arts skills so there's like a fighting game and there's a stealth game and there isn't they don't really have to deal with actual superpowers which is always the interesting question about batman is that is batman actually a superhero because what's the joke in justice league it's like the groaner in that extremely messy movie where he's like what are your powers again and he's like i'm super rich and that's his, <laughs> those are his powers but it's kind of true yeah. so actually the first or widely seen as one of the most successful superhero franchises of video games is about a guy who is not technically super in the way that that we're thinking about which i think kind of means something that that feels important uh, to this conversation. I agree. I think it's also why I remember liking Lego Batman a ton. I didn't play Lego Avengers, but I remember Lego Batman being something that translated really well, like the colorful villains and everything were fun, but also just the fact that you step in as Batman first. It's just a really easy entry point. And Tom Bissell makes the same point about Spider-Man, although he's not talking about the Insomniac game. Uh, He's talking about uh, the previous one you mentioned, the Treyarch one. 
Spider-Man 2. Yeah, and how the reason why it works as a way in is because Peter Parker is also an everyman character. He does have superpowers, but he's pretty squishy. He's not <laughs> as strong as Superman or Wonder Woman or I got to think of an X-Men character, uh, the Hulk, <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> um, but he's still pretty strong. He's just that he's a friendly neighborhood guy. So he's much more grounded in reality in a similar way to Batman. And that is Tom's theory as to why he's just relatable enough. It's like you can get into the power fantasy because you see this character as a regular person on some level that just got a little extra, and that helps. You know, it's interesting because the ways that those two characters are grounded are actually opposites, right? Batman is in most ways a completely unrelatable person. He's this billionaire. He's kind of a real weirdo, like especially various versions of Bruce Wayne. He's this kind of obsessive freak kind of like he lives this pretty freaky life <laughs> yeah and then but he doesn't have super strength or super speed like some of the people that he fights where spider-man does have super strength and has really amazing powers he's the amazing spider-man mm-hmm. but in his regular everyday life he's this kind of down and out young person struggling with a job in every version of peter parker he's always kind of failing i just listened to um the series uh, that the Blank blank Check, the podcast, the movie podcast, did on Sam Raimi, and they watched all of the Spider-Man movies. And a really interesting thesis they kept coming back to with that take on Spider-Man and then Spider-Man in general, because they're very knowledgeable about the comics, is that a big thing with Spider-Man is that being Spider-Man ruins Peter Parker's life. And yeah. that those two things are always intention. Like, the better he's doing at being Spider-Man, usually the worse he is yep. at being Peter Parker. And that's the core tension at the heart of those Raimi movies, especially Spider-Man 2. Well, really, Spider-Man 3, too. And that's something that I actually think the Spider-Man game, replaying it, doesn't get at as much. Like, it's kind of there. There are times, like, his relationship with MJ is, like, in a kind of a weird place, but they're Mm -hmm. basically just friendly the whole time because she's just another friendly quest giver. And there isn't that feeling of, like, God, my life is falling apart and I have to save the world, which is so such a hallmark of Spider-Man for me anyway. Those Mm. moments that it happens, though, work so much better for me. Like, when the conflicts aren't about just the supervillains, but also Peter losing his apartment and getting evicted. And he has to like go to all the trash cans to try to find his little USB drive. Like those Mm -hmm. moments are great because it's so mundane. I mean, that quest is also hilarious because the guy, the garbage, the sanitation worker who's helping him find it, like is just not questioning anything, which is like also very New York to me in a certain way where like Spider-Man's just like, I need to find this USB drive. And the guy's just like, Uh yeah, whatever kid. Uh, I just played that quest. And it's like, and the guy is so helpful. Like those moments are so much funnier to me than, well, I mean, we can get into it, but there are some parts of the Spider-Man game that really break my immersion. (laughs) That moment, especially, it's another Spider-Man thing that Spider-Man is very New York. And there's a lot of sort of like every man working New York character who turns up in Spider-Man and having the guy just be this sort of operator for garbage trucks who's just helping Spider-Man out. That was a very Spider-Man moment. And I agree. Mm -hmm. I think the game's at its best when it's capturing those moments. I guarantee mm-hmm. you if you went up to any garbage uh, worker, uh, sanitation worker in New York and were like, hey, I need to find a USB drive, they would just be like, oh, okay, like dig around here without yeah. no questions. Like, <laughs> they wouldn't be like, who are you or why are yeah. you asking Especially this? if you're they wearing a costume. Care. 
Yeah, um, they don't care. To a point you made <laughs> earlier, Kirk, I actually, I think that like, it's not, it's certainly not a coincidence that the first superhero uh, game to really strike it big, so to speak, was a Batman game and that Batman doesn't have superpowers because I think superpowers make it harder to deliver a power fantasy because one of the core tenets of delivering a video game power fantasy is you start at level zero and work your way up, whether it's a skill tree yeah. or in Batman's case, collecting gadgets, which in like a more realistic game i don't remember arkham asylum too well i remember arkham knight pretty well but in a more realistic version of batman you would start with everything but because these are video games you have to gather stuff over time throughout the asylum it is it's a similar rhythm to the films also where he kind of deploys cooler shit over the course of the movie as it has Uh to be in any sort of story it has to be like you're building you're starting uh, one place and you have your arc and you make right. your progress. He doesn't just fly in in the Batwing, except the I guess Batwing, in the Lego yeah. Batman movie, but that's the point of that movie right. is that it yes. kind of starts at the top and then goes down. Um, yeah. Uh, point being that like you can you can kind of, the the reason one of the reasons that Arkham Asylum took off so and set this kind of standard for superhero games is that it took all of these principles that work in game design, such as the Metroidvania style, like finding things and using mm-hmm. them all over the mm-hmm. place and seeing things that come back later um, and apply them to a superhero game as opposed to taking a superhero and just like like finding a new formula for video games. So really, you could say that Samus Aran is the original superhero game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's also why she stupidly has to lose all of her abilities at the beginning of exactly. every game. Exactly. Yeah, you got to start. Understandably, gotta start right, an ongoing challenge. And Kratos has the same issue in a lot of God um, of War games. Although it'd be fun, and I've heard it talked about before, the idea of like a Benjamin Button style game where you're just losing all your powers over time mm-hmm. i think that'd be Ooh. an interesting interesting subversion it would um, certainly get harder yeah it also um gets at the heart of why we've never seen a good superman game because superman is invincible to everything and so it's not very fun although uh i think i don't remember if we talked about this before on this show or if i've talked i've definitely talked about this before but i would love to see a superman game in the kind of telltale choose your own adventure style where you have to make difficult oh, decisions absolutely that's, that's the way something like that could work where is the clark kent journalism game. We mm, need well, this. We uh, need Clark to great. be making some really tough decisions. His newspaper just got bought by private equity. And, and so also he he's like go. trying to report on stuff in between, like saving people, saving kitties from His trees. kryptonite is actually private equity. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> that's how he gets... You can't gets save going. everyone, Clark. You can't no. save everyone. Yeah, the Batman Telltale game is an interesting example of this. And when you were saying that, Jason, I was having uh-huh. the same thought that for Superman, the only way I've ever seen seen Superman. I mean, there are some very fun classic Superman films, but it's hard to make the character interesting unless you've got Lex Luthor being like, two things, you know, you can either do this or do that, but you can't do both. Like, (laughs) are you a human or aren't you a human? Do you care Uh about these people? Because they might fear you. And, you know, even the stuff that Zack Snyder got into, as messy as those films were, was sometimes really interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's best explored by that kind of format, which is a game that's just about conversations and that kind of role playing that's what was cool about the Batman Telltale game I didn't finish that game but I played a couple chapters of it Same. and it's cool because it's it does have a lot of Batman stuff but it focuses on Batman you know mystery solving and puzzle solving and dealing with complicated tough snap decisions in the mm-hmm. field and then also you get to play Bruce Wayne a lot which is just cool because Bruce Wayne is a fascinating character like that's a 
that is a cool character to let people play and to embody the non-superhero part of a character, which you just really don't get to do in a game like Marvel's Spider-Man, where there are fantastic cutscenes in that game. There's a really, you know, Peter and, and Mary Jane and all those characters are really well drawn and animated and written, but you're not doing a lot of playing. And like they could add a sort of witchery thing, you know, the way Horizon does. We were having some conversations and there's some branches, but it just seems like the, the game's main thrust is always going to be swinging around the city, punching bad guys. Mm-hmm. Playing Spider-Man again has also made me realize how much Miles Morales changed and fixed a lot of aspects of Spider-Man. Yes. Like, just from the Agreed. jump, it's fixing one of the central problems we're describing here, which is it's giving Miles an origin story. He doesn't really know how to be Spider-Man yet at the beginning of the game, and neither do you. You're learning how to play the game. And he has different powers than Peter. He has, like, his electricity shock powers and Mm -hmm. so you're learning this new form of combat which just preference wise I thought that was more fun but I know not everybody agrees with that I just happen to really dig it Uh, so you're learning these new skills at the same time as Miles you're exploring the city along with him that just works a lot better it's it's ironic because I feel like I'm so tired of Superman origin stories in basically every other media format but in a video game I'm like it's fine I don't know what I'm doing I don't want to be Superman and like already have laser eyes and all the other shit that sounds incredibly boring to me but going along with Miles on his journey of oh shit I'm Spider-Man now and Peter's on vacation and I need to like fight the Rhino and like figure out how to navigate all this shit along with my regular life like that was why that game worked a lot better for me emotionally yeah it also narratively I think did more of the classic Peter Parker narrative structure because of the fact that the the villain in that game is also your friend and there's like a conflict built into like the central friendship relationship that's playing yep. out in the cutscenes like that then that's just like a classic Spider-Man dynamic mm-hmm. where Miles Morales in this case is learning to be Spider-Man and as he gets better at being Spider-Man he's working at odds with one of his oldest friends and it's like all of that stuff is kind of interacting and then of course there's the other stuff with like the secret identities of his right. other family members and whatever that stuff is all just interacting in a way that feels better than it did in the original game where they've got you're working for doc ock and then eventually he becomes doc ock so there's like there's some of it but it's and not like, quite yeah, he is your friend but it, it is kind of a missed opportunity that they don't have like the osborne family as part mm-hmm. of it where like there's a younger character who peter's a friend with and like instead they have that he's like off in europe somewhere and you're like cleaning up his research laboratories which, okay, that's right. fine. But then it means that Peter's well, two... Presumably he's coming back. Right. But then it means game. that Peter's two friends are MJ and Miles, who are then both on his side, and you just also play as them, so you don't get the tension of somebody more relatable to Peter that he's fighting against. Like, Doc right. Ock, you know he's he has like be Doc seven Ock villains. from moment one. <laughs> yeah, it's the Sinister Six. It literally yeah. is seven villains. They really, they were like, listen, the, the, the films couldn't <laughs> do Sinister Six because it was too many villains, so we've decided we will. <laughs> and, you know, props uh-huh. to them for Although trying. Although the most recent Spider-Man did like a sinister four or five thing, right? Like the most recent one. I guess yeah. there were kind of a lot of them in there. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But they weren't like explicitly trying to do Sinister Six. I can imagine them not wanting to have Harry be a character in yeah. the new Spider-Man just because he was such a major character in the Raimi trilogy and people yeah. are so familiar with that story that they wanted to do something but, like, new. like so is Peter Parker. So well, is Mary yeah, Jane. But, right. <laughs> that's the thing is they though. didn't they didn't really replace him with anything else. And I do think, this is something we talked about a little bit at the end of last week's episode, that they ran into trouble when 
Spider-Man as Peter Parker in the main game is like an established hero. Yeah. And as a result, he's kind of in enforcement mode. And so he's like working with the police and he's kind of cleaning up the streets and being uh-huh. more of an enforcer than we think of Spider-Man being. Where when you play as Miles Morales, it's like, this is the guy. Like, mm-hmm. he's with this kid. Like, no one really takes he's him seriously. Always trying to prove himself. It and has like, its own problems. Right. Yeah. He feels so much scrappier by design. Although I think the reason they gave Miles that app is also because of some of the criticism that the team received in response to Spider-Man where people were like, hold on. Peter Parker right. doesn't work with the cops in the comics. What's oh, going that's on here? Right. Wait, the app, can you explain the app to people who like me who are yeah, just now so, remembering what it is because I played the game a couple of years ago? So, so in I'll describe Spider-Man first. So in Spider-Man, you're not only working with the cops, you're actually pals as Spider-Man with the police chief. She doesn't know your identity, but she knows you as Spider-Man, and she calls you a lot on the phone and asks you to help the cops out with various... Is she the chief, or is she just the police officer? I, I, she's, I'm not anyway. sure. I think she's the chief. She's pretty high up. Uh, and then in Miles Morales, Miles actually has some stealth missions where he has to avoid the police, which I liked, because he doesn't work with them directly, and he instead his best friend whose name I'm forgetting, Ganky, I think, um, makes him an app that anyone, any regular schmo, can write in saying they need Spider-Man's help. So you end up with right. this really disparate set of tasks where people are like, oh, I run a bodega and my cat is missing. I'm cat, just trying to find right. my cat. And then also, like, actual real crimes that he has to, like, track down, you know, people who stole something or, or what have you. But I really like it. And I mean... There are still things in the original Spider-Man, like there's this part where you help this um, this homeless guy find his pet pigeons, which mm-hmm. is kind of similar to the Bodega Cat thing. Like there are some like friendly neighborhood Spider-Man parts the in that game. The side quests mostly, yeah. Yeah, but like the main story is not about that and is mostly about Spider-Man working with the cops who are depicted as infallible in the game. <laughs> and then like working against the sort of... PMC that's yeah, brought into like the city. The worst cops. evil yeah. cops who they bring in, yeah, that are, are demarcated as evil because they're private security. But the good old NYPD never makes a mistake. Um, Maddie, you're not a New Yorker, so I won't hold it against you, but Bodega Cats are the most important thing in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Side quests that You're right. What am I saying? Them. That was actually like a really high stakes issue. Uh, and Miles was anyway, there. I feel like that's one of the most famous images from Miles Morales is that suit it you can wear where really he has like the cat. backpack with the cat in it. And he swings the around the city. I <laughs> mean, good. it works for a reason. So uh, another thought I had, I was going to bring this up earlier, is that um, I think that one of the solutions to the superhero problem, which is like, how, what do you do with this archetype, this superpowered yeah. creature? How do you make a game about it? I think one of the good solutions is ensemble stories. And that's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is the Fraxis XCOM style Marvel game that keeps getting delayed. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that game is going through through some troubles. But regardless, I'm looking forward to that. It's why I was looking forward to Avengers. Marvel's Avengers, um, yeah. Until that turned out to be a little hollow, a little shallow. Um, could have been great. But but regardless, the point is that like when you have an ensemble cast, you don't have to worry as much about each one of them having their own arcs, their own progression, and True. you can kind of you can you can divvy the load, so to speak, which I think is a, a more elegant way of approaching the solution. And it's why I'm surprised that we haven't really seen a really good like fa- Fantastic Four X Men game, and mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that arrives at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean Gotham Knights, right? That's one of the most 
upcoming ones. And it's yes. funny, I feel like That's we all aren't yep. even really thinking about it. Because, and Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. all ensembles. Right. Those, yeah. They're all kind of working on ensembles. And I've, you know, I think I don't, I didn't play enough of Marvel's Avengers, but found that game generally a little disappointing, even though the premise is good because an MMO style, like Destiny style team really lends itself. Like, that's kind of what the Avengers are. They've got the tank, they've got support, they've got the sniper, the, D- the, the DPS. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it kind of, it lends itself to that kind of a game. It and just I mean, did not work for a lot of reasons. It was so repetitive and, yeah. Well, yeah, right. Was, I mean, was, sure, specific complaints about that game. But like, you know, there are, there's DCU Online, which I don't, I've never really played. But there are these online superhero games with the same kind of idea. City of Heroes. Yeah. Because yeah. really, like in FF14 or WoW or whatever, I mean, you're kind of playing a superhero superhero team right it's just this was the yeah. whole idea of titan before it became overwatch right. the blizzard mmo is going to be like you are uh uh, uh like a mild-mannered shop owner mm-hmm. by day and a superhero you turn into to reinhardt or mercy by night i mean overwatch is almost a team-based superhero game like it, it, it is. is another well, example is, of something yeah. that right. kind of is that is. yeah it's only yeah the only reason we don't call it that is because again it, they it's have not origins in a video yeah. game right. well yeah. no it's because Oh, superheroes for some reason are only comics like you only call <laughs> yeah. something a superhero if it originated in a comic but why isn't Reinhardt and, and Mercy and Tracer they're just as much superheroes the only difference is that they originated in a video game mm. really mm-hmm. that's the only difference right yeah, yeah I mean it's a fine distinction but I think I think there's also just the fact that Overwatch is a pvp game and that that just like when we talk when we're talking about superhero games like it's one thing to say what is a superhero you know is it just your powers but like when talking about a superhero game it's sort of the what we're at least talking about is the feeling of being you know a superhero fighting against supervillains not like uh-huh. being a superhero fighting against a clone of yourself on another team of six <laughs> in like an arena it's that's just that's not really yeah. a superhero experience Generally speaking, that's why Overwatch Two is supposed to have PVE, although they're yeah, launching it like early more without story. PVE. I mean, I feel like if they ever did do a story for Overwatch, it would be more superhero like because yes. you're supposed to be fighting the Omnics or whatever the heck the story is. In well, I'm like watching those animated shorts for Overwatch always yeah. felt kind of like watching a Marvel movie. Like it had that same uh-huh. draw. You know, there's a, I've never really seen superhero team dynamics done as well as they're done in probably my favorite superhero team game which is a tabletop game called sentinels of the multiverse i can't remember if i've ever talked about this game on this show have i i think you did is this a, is this a marvel thing it's not it's but it's it's sort of like each character is a kind of a knockoff it's a card based game it's a cooperative deck game where each you get a deck for your hero sounds like a marvel lawsuit waiting to happen <laughs> no it's fine i mean it's like the characters are different enough you know there's like a there's a kind of gadget based Batman-like character. Well, even Sentinels of the Multiverse, I just think of Marvel. Well, you're not MCU. playing as a Sentinel hunting down the X-Men. Yeah, yeah, that no, would be a terrible game. It's their own, they're their <laughs> own thing. So, you know, it's like there's a Batman-like character. There's a kind of Superman slash Captain America type character. And then the cards in your deck are all your different abilities. You can play like active cards, passive cards. It's a card game. And then there's a deck that's, there's like a, an environment deck. So you can be fighting a villain in any of a number of environments, you know, city that's exploding or like base on the moon or whatever undersea lair and so that environment deck like complicates what's happening and then there's a villain deck and you're always fighting some super villain and they're increasing levels of complication and difficulty so you have to synergize your team and you can play with it there's a ton of heroes like there's all these expansions i just have the base game but it's cool because 
you have to take the time to really think through your different abilities and each character really plays differently you know there's like the character who has lots of guns and can like blow stuff up has all these rocket launchers and stuff there's a character who can really debuff enemies there's a character who can buff everyone and heal them and so it winds up really feeling like you're a super team at the best which is a feeling that I think video games at some point will really nail and maybe some have just that I haven't played because that's really cool the team up thing is what you know it's it's like the lifeblood of, of so many superhero comics but it's not that common in games you know except mm-hmm. in like single player games I guess Arkham Knight you're doing some team ups but you're the only one playing you're just teaming up with Nightwing or whatever not really the same yeah I mean it's a smaller scale example but I feel like that's part of why Lego Batman and also the X-Men arcade game mm. were so cool to me because Lego Batman you can play cooperatively and there's like some choice as to which character you can be and I mean it, the team ups don't necessarily make total sense but the X-Men arcade game is like the original version of this where everybody has very slightly different powers they're not that impressive but hey they all have different powers and that was like enough at the time and just the fact that you know you could have multiple people at the arcade cabinet all working together and being like okay i'm gonna pick so and so i'll pick storm whomever you're into and then you all have to work together like that in and of itself is the itch that marvel's avengers is trying to scratch but it's too complicated by but a when, thousand when points. the three of us it played just, we all became hulk like, for some reason i know <laughs> it, didn't, out. it didn't oh man work, that's right what a mess <laughs> i just i don't know like is that are we gonna live in a world where they make like four different superhero single player games and then the fifth game is one where all four of those heroes team up together and it's like all in the same engine and they just are no, practicing with the previous that's never four? gonna happen because marvel is like <laughs> smartly licensing out their stuff to like a billion different oh, game yeah, developers you're right. and publishers so none of them are gonna work together it's not like ea is calling up ubisoft and being like hey what are you guys doing or for access or whatever you'd say that but insomniac has collected at least a couple characters so far that have been Avengers. The Wolverine game isn't out yet, but That's it would true. be kind of weird if they didn't have a Spider-Man Wolverine team up. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, since those are both Insomniac, I wouldn't be too shocked if Spider-Man 2 ended with like a post-credit like Wolverine yep. teaser. Right. Very um, MCU of them if they were I was having. That. I remember having coffee with someone from Insomniac years and years ago when they just announced Spider-Man, their first Spider-Man. I was like, you guys need to end it with a teaser for the <laughs> Avengers mm-hmm. from Square Enix, but uh, it did not come to fruition. But uh, yeah, why didn't they do that? But if uh. it's internal, why wouldn't they do it? Why not? Yeah, you know, I could see that the Avengers game almost could have been what you were describing, Maddie. Of of you know, I each know. you play through a mini campaign as each character, and then you get to play them together. I think that for me, where that game lost me was the fact that they didn't do that with Kamala Khan at first. That you didn't play just through a whole adventure as her, and then play through another adventure you know like they slowly release like a kind of modular thing over the course of two years you get new adventures which they did start kind of doing later on but it was so quickly it was an Avengers game it wasn't just you're going to get Kamala Khan because they needed it to be you know a, a multiplayer game that everyone can play as their favorite Avenger it I mm-hmm. guess you, it would be really hard to launch that as a kind of like the way you described Assassin's Creed Infinity, Jason, where it's like kind of a right, framework yeah. and you get one hero and then another and then another. And it's then it kind of becomes like a video game version of the MCU that could work. It's just so ambitious and it would require so much patience from people, you know, for the multiplayer stuff to even come online, because if it starts with just one or two heroes, like, you know, it, it would have to start with a lot of stuff. And then you have basically got what Avengers was, which didn't quite work. 
Uh, well, mm-hmm. also, each campaign would take like three years to make. Right. No, I mean, it is a crazy <laughs> amount of work. But I mean, I don't know. If uh-huh. Disney's throwing money behind it and like really making it into a thing, I could kind of see it. Yeah, yeah. But throwing money at it doesn't always work. I mean, even well, the companies that are throwing. Yeah, like, I mean, that, I guess that is evident. Yes. It's a lot of companies are throwing money at things, and that doesn't actually mean they can be made, unfortunately. Um, what's the expression? It's like in, in programming, they always talk about how uh, you know that nine women in one month can't make a baby. Uh, <laughs> it's, that's like the throwing more people at a, at a, oh, at a problem. That really does sound like one of those truisms. Yeah, true. I don't know if I even agree that a superhero team-up is the best way for us to be thinking about what makes a good superhero game, Mm. because I feel like a really strong single-player game about just one superhero can be great. Yeah, (laughs) it just needs to be the right superhero. It needs to be a superhero that is grounded enough that like you feel like you are not just like inhabiting this all-powerful being from the get-go because Mm -hmm. you need to have progression of some sort. And also a a superhero that that is like flawed enough that you can tell an interesting story about them. You know, I would also say that a superhero game should have normal people in it. Like I think that one Mm. thing that sets Um, God of War apart, even though it's structured so similarly to a superhero game, is that you're in a world that's essentially populated by gods and monsters. And so it's just Mm. like you're kind of Kratos is kind of the baseline. There are times where he lifts a mountain up or whatever. And you're like, whoa, this guy is a god. That's right. I remember. And certainly in Mm -hmm. the earlier games, there are some times where there are mortals around, but they're always kind of just these little like, you know, fleeing people who are being crushed underfoot by these gods. So it's not, it doesn't feel superhero-y in that way that it, you know, most superhero, at least my favorite superhero stories tend to involve people realizing powers. And that's kind of the fantasy is the dream is that you're special. You're the specialist person of all. You can fly or you can see through walls or whatever. And then you have to kind of navigate your life now with these ordinary people. I think I wrote Life is Strange here because I think that Life is Strange is actually a very interesting example of what I would call a superhero story where Max, Mm -hmm. is that her name, the main character of Life is Strange? Yeah, Max Caulfield, just like Holden. Oh, Caulfield, God. The literary (laughs) aspirations of that game can be a little silly. Um, Yeah, that Max Max gets a superpower, the ability to travel through time, and then that story, especially the first... The first uh, game, the first Life is Strange game, yeah. is this really interesting version of it's like a love story too. Yeah, it's it's a, Max and Chloe, a human story, and it's all about her relationships with other totally normal people. It just adds mm-hmm. this superpower to the mix to change the way the story is told. And I mean, Life is Strange too, which I started and didn't finish, but definitely, I mean. It's almost like an X Men mm-hmm. story or something. Like it feels very similar. So that again, I guess we come back to that format being good for certain types of stories. What we really need is a new Animorphs game. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's what I want. That is an IP that we are just waiting, waiting for somebody to snap it up. Honestly, if someone did and they did like a really good Animorphs, that'd be amazing. You go around you. Touch animals, yeah. You become those books are dark too. Transform into yeah, oh yeah. They like half of them die at the end because they're because war is yeah. Uh, like a bunch of them die, and one of them like becomes a bird like uh-huh, permanently because uh-huh. he's just well, like I'd rather beginning. be a bird or whatever. Yeah, that's at the very beginning. wait. So these are I've actually never. Is this read? These are books. I've I know of animorphs, but I've never read. Yeah, them. these are books. These are these books. are these they're, are young adult books. From they came out around the time Maddie and I were growing years up, ago. so you probably yeah. missed them by a couple of years uh, when you were young adults. 
and I was just an adult. Yes. Right. So yeah, were, you were way were too cool up. by then. You were already um, a tween. I was too busy or whatever. drinking coffee and talking about politics. <laughs> They're really, man, those books are really, really good. They oh, kind they of are. tapered off by the end because the, the author, Kay Applegate, got ghostwriters at a certain point and it, mm-hmm. it became mm, a young adult series that kind of loses quality toward the end. I never heard of that before. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. But they ended with a bang. The ending itself is really huh. good. Um, they came out like once a month, which in retrospect is crazy. It was like it's a new wild. So it's young people who month. can turn into animals. Like oh, yeah. Animals. So the premise is, okay, so the premise is these, <laughs> these five normal kids like wind up in a junkyard at night and like stumble upon this alien who dies and before he dies gives them all the power to transform into animals. So they go around. You have to touch an animal to be able to transform into it. So like mm. each book they like wind up getting some new morph right. that they can play around with. Like at one point it's like, oh, we're all birds. Awesome. Let's explore that. One book is like, we're all undersea now. We're dolphins. We're exploring the water. And and so it explores like each of the different possibilities. At one point they like wind up becoming like insects and like have to deal with like buzzing noises in their head. Oh, that's fun. Anyway, turns out that they have to fight this secret invasion on Earth of these mind-controlling oh. worms called the Yerks who uh, <laughs> can crawl into people's uh, ears and take over their oh, heads and like you have a, no idea who's being terrifying. controlled and not. Very Peacemaker. Yeah, Peacemaker does those. Or like yeah. a lot of things, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. really good. It's a really, really great That sounds series. pretty fun. That sounds like there's some sequences in The Magicians where they turn into animals that are very, mm-hmm. very enjoyable. Yep. Yeah. It would be very hard to do a game like that. It would be. (laughs) Well, so actually, it turns out there was an old, there was an Animorphs game. I think it was like a Super Nintendo game or a Game Boy game, and it was essentially Pokemon. It's just like a Pokemon clone with Animorphs. (laughs) Where you just Uh, walk around touching different animals, and then you get the power of that animal, and you can fight. Uh Oh, Yeah, I guess it would become a -a collect-a-thon as opposed to a deep story. But I think that... A good developer could do some cool stuff with Animorphs. That's my vote. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. there's definitely still a lot of a lot of room. And now that games have just technologically become so capable, like if it did feel like Arkham Asylum came along at a time where there was just a level of fidelity, there was a level of performance fidelity. Like you could get Mark Hamill to play the Joker, and it really felt like you know you were kind of watching 3D animated series. That now you know mm-hmm. and we've seen this in Spider Man as well. It just feels like there's kind of more. It's more likely that you're going to get a superhero game that's like those, and not just some crappy tie-in Super Nintendo Superman game or whatever that just sort of sucks. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. funny you mentioned that because Spider Man is one of those games you play and you're like, how can video games ever really look better than this? Like I feel like I, do, I did. I've had that thought a lot. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the remaster. Yeah. Those freaking reflections, man. I've been streaming it's it off so of PC to Steam Deck. And it's still, I mean, it's even on a smaller screen. So it's running like it runs on PC. Because on Steam Deck, it uh-huh. doesn't run. It runs, but not as well. But just looking at yeah. it, there's, there are times I have that thought. I'm like, I don't need video games to look better than this. Like, just when you're swinging around yeah, the city. Or the cutscenes. I'm, I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. I, can, I find these characters believable and charming. And this looks <laughs> incredible <laughs> at times. It's just like, yeah. you don't have to spend any more money on this. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, no just Ended let's, here. Let's just yeah. find an end to the fidelity right. wars. Let's just right focus here. on yep. story and uh, making the games uh-huh. games uh-huh. more fleshed. Let's focus out. on making games more humane to make. Right, and, and also yeah. right. also that having too. weekends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even mention they actually just announced like yesterday or two days ago. That Disney and Marvel are doing a conference in September for, to announce superhero games. They're like it's their first ever video game conference for Disney and Marvel. So we will see some some superhero games very soon. Maybe they'll even be good. They hinted at the one from Amy Hennig is making a superhero right. game yeah. with Skydance Entertainment. So mm-hmm. they hinted at 
getting to see that. Yeah, it definitely seems cool. as though we have not seen our last superhero game. And in fact, there may be many, many <laughs> no, more of them not. in the near future. <laughs> that is for sure. We'll stay tuned and we'll talk about those when they come out. In the meantime, let's take a break and then we'll be back for one more thing. Hi everyone, I'm Anna McLeod. And I'm Alexis B. Preston. And we host a show called Comfort Creatures, the show for every animal lover, be it a creature of scales, six legs, fur, feathers, or fiction. Comfort Creatures is a show for people who prefer their friends to have paws instead of hands. Unless they are raccoon hands, that is okay. That is absolutely okay, yeah. Yes. Every Thursday, we will be talking to guests about their pets, learning about pets in history, art, and even fiction. Plus, we'll discover differences between pet ownership across the pond. It's going to be a hoot on Maximum Fund. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Dr. Sydney McElroy. That, that is true. It's important in this context because we host a medical history podcast called Sawbones. Oh, I thought we were going to. We should have worked on that. Sawbones. Sawbones isn't afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions. Like, are vaccines as safe and reliable as they want us to believe? Yes. Do I have to get a flu shot? Yes. Uh, okay. Is science a miracle? No. We have a lot of great history for you and a lot of laughs. And sometimes the history is so bad that there's no laughs. But you'll learn something, you'll feel something. And it's always sawbones. That's right. Every week on MaximumFun.org. And we are back for one more thing. Maddie, how about you go first? What's your one more thing? It is unintentionally related to superheroes, mm. actually. I've been playing a fighting game called Multiversus, yeah. and Superman is in it, and he is massively overpowered, and people are mad because you can't put Superman <laughs> in a fighting wow. game. It's, it's and like that's you, what I'm going to talk about think for the they next would anticipate hour. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not really going to Wait talk about Wait a minute. That, You're but. telling me that Superman can beat LeBron James? Superman can beat Arya Stark Listen, in a fight? I would not have guessed Superman, that. Superman can fly, you guys. And he can, like, <laughs> Fly over and pick you up and then carry you off the stage and kill you. And like, that's so funny. The funnier thing actually is imagining that Arya Stark is capable of beating Superman at all. (laughs) Apparently, of course. Or that, like, Jake the dog and Finn the human, and well, Shaggy is actually in this game. Maybe Needle has kryptonite it's a kryptonite needle <laughs> right yeah <laughs> there's a kryptonite needle um so multiverses obviously from how we're talking about it is a is a video game a fighting game that has characters from many many different warner brothers owned franchises and this is a game that i definitely made fun of when i first saw the trailer because i was like this looks like Space Jam 2. Well, yeah. And I don't necessarily mean that as a compliment because... <laughs> because Space Jam I, 2 is bad? <laughs> let me think about how I want to say this. I, well, you know what? Space Jam 2 is fun. It's fine well, if being, you like it. You're being so diplomatic. Okay. It, well, Kirk, you are the man who's come on this show and said you think Ready Player One is fun. I've never seen that movie. We try, oh, to, we try to be is, open-minded here well, about, about not you know, book, dumb, fun action stuff. I mean, to be it's fair, fine. Space Jam, we are out of the demographic for Space Jam. Absolutely. Too. That's true. Yeah. Like, we 
you were in the demographic for Space Jam 1 back in the day. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I was, and I thought it was great. Yeah. (laughs) Ready Player One is pretty bad. It's a pretty bad movie, honestly. Anyways, (laughs) I'm just rethinking my past opinions. (laughs) Anyway, carry on. it's fine, because it's okay for things to just be a list of silly references, and you look at it, and you're like, I know what that's from, Mm -hmm. and then you move on with your life. Not everything has to be extremely deep, but sometimes when a thing is just a list of references, you start to feel like maybe Warner Brothers is stealing your wallet, and it's not a great feeling. Uh, And multiverses kind of look that way to me. I just want to say, as the parent of a toddler, my toddler gets very excited when she sees something she recognizes. So, like oh, when we exactly. see when we see the FedEx it's a truck, human experience. When, okay? when we see the FedEx truck, she'll be like FedEx, FedEx, or like United States Postal Service. So right, right. I understand why a list wow. of so having Shaggy turn up in a fighting game is the equivalent of like a yeah, list, yeah, of, well, yeah, or yeah. yeah, just a list yeah. of references in general would yeah. be appealing Honestly, to younger people. I that is a great comparison because seeing Superman fighting LeBron James is about as excited as your toddler gets about the FedEx truck. That is how I feel playing this game. So multiverses, I would say the reason they've pulled this off is because this is actually a really deep and fun fighting game, Mm. which it did not have to be. And I feel like everyone I've talked to has kind of had that same conclusion of like people were maybe given like a crappy hand here the developers who had to Mm -hmm. make this game like they were given Space Jam 2 essentially and they were like this is a premise everyone's going to think is boring corporate IP like getting smashed together and is like unfun hackery but you guys need to make it into an actually fun fighting game and they did that and I Mm. don't know how or why but they've done this and it is an extremely fun game I am kidding around about Superman uh, but LeBron James is like legit fun as hell to play as in this game like he he has a basketball. It is a different set of moves without the basketball. It's just fun, man. Like nice. you fucking so, dunk on Shaggy and then you like smack Wonder Woman and you're LeBron James. I don't know. It's fun. Like it's it's funny to watch and also fun to play, which is all you really want of a Super Smash Brothers clone. Nice. You know? Worth noting the director of the game and the co-founder of the company, Player First Games, that's the name of the company yes. that made this game. Director Tony, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, Hyun. Um, he has been a game developer for like 20 years as a designer wow. at Riot and Sony Santa Monica go. and God of War. So uh, so they got some talent for they this got game, some, clearly. Yeah, they got some legit And it's free to there. play, by the way. You, you oh, I didn't do know have to like slowly level up to unlock all the characters and stuff. It's kind of hard to get them all for free. I will concede that. But LeBron is one of the free characters, so you could give him a try if you wanted to for zero bucks. So I will play this game. I will play this game immediately as soon as they add Tony Soprano. He's <laughs> oh, <laughs> owned by Warner Brothers. They're adding the Wicked Witch of the West. So like stranger <laughs> things have happened, man. Like Elphaba was going to join this game. And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm excited for this. I feel like I've gone all the way back around on, on multiverses now. And I mean multiverses with an ES instead of versus with a US. Because I'm like, this game's kind of fun to me it now. Fun like, to there's imagine. funny one-liners and like it's yeah. funny for Shaggy to be like in a fighting game like I don't know if you kind of like turn off your cynical self and just enjoy it for what it is it's like it's kind of awesome Tony's special ability is he takes out a Satriol sandwich and just starts eating I mean that is the thing that would be in this game like one of Shaggy's things is is taking a sandwich out of nowhere just as Shaggy does on Scooby-Doo so like all the characters kind of have little bits that they do that are Uh like part of Uh who they are and all their barks and stuff oh Tony Soprano he could he could summon ducks uh, just like a flock of ducks he summons then he has a panic attack (laughs) and then he has a panic attack you you do picture like Stringer <laughs> Bell taking on Carrie Coon from The oh Leftovers. My God. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. She, she, 
she gives him a gun and so he shoots her in a bulletproof vest. Perfect. <laughs> oh man. Also, perfect. they own Sesame Street now. You could have Elmo pop up. Oh man. Um, yeah, yeah, you could have Miss Piggy up, in guess, there. She's like freaking oh, karate style. Like she could kick ass. I don't think Miss Piggy is Sesame Street. She's, You're right. Uh, She's Muppet. owned by show. the Muppets are owned by somebody else now. Right. You're right. Right, just the Henson oh, is well. the connection. Yes, but Sesame Street is part of uh, HBO. But who knows? Anything is possible in this multiverse world we live in now. Yeah, we're just stuck with Elmo, I guess. <laughs> well, Elmo, Big Bird, the mm-hmm. Count. The Count could really... The Count. Like, one, two, three, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, the Count is a vampire. We got to get the Count's vampire yes. oh abilities on the table here. Oh my goodness, <laughs> the Count versus Polly Walnuts. Goodness, I'm going to play this game. This sounds like a lot of fun. It's fun. It's stupid. Nice. That's multiverses. Uh, All right. I'm going to go next. My one more thing is a show that I just finished watching uh, the eighth season of on Netflix, though most of the seasons of this show are actually on Hulu. It's a show called Alone. Do either of you know about Alone? No. No. This show rocks. Um, This is for people looking for something a little different. If you want to watch a... uh, uh, it is, I guess, technically a com- competition reality show, though it doesn't have any oh. of the baggage that a reality show implies. Um, this is a survival, a wilderness survival competition. It's a History Ooh. Channel show. I think it airs on A&E, but it's, it's on streaming, so you can just watch it, like I said. And the way it works is 10 people, 10 individuals who are all real hardcore outdoors wilderness survival experts are given, they get their choice of like 10 items and they're given a kind of basic kit. So it's like really basic stuff, a bow and arrow, uh, you know, a fire starting kit, fishing line, little things like that It from a set group of things. And then they're each dropped off at different points in the remote wilderness. The eighth season was in British Columbia. They do a lot in Canada. Um, they've done like Patagonia. They've done the Arctic one season. So really hostile environs in them just alone. And then they're given a bunch of cameras. So they have their own cameras. There's not like a camera crew with them. And then they film uh-huh. themselves as they just try to survive for as long as possible. And the person who makes it the longest gets $500,000. And that's, oh my God. that's the show. And like, wow. it is a riveting show. Emily loves this show and has watched it. We're both, you know, pretty big campers. We like being outdoors. Nothing mm-hmm. like as hardcore as on this show, but it is fun to watch people who are good at that kind of thing. She watched a lot of it and I watched it kind of ambiently. And it was fun to just come in and see what was going on. There's always something wild, you know. They they all kind of gradually starve, but they're also like, someone will catch a fish and it's the most exciting thing ever. They have weird and injuries, I'm sure. There too, are some pretty gnarly injuries with. that have happened over yeah. the seasons. Not anything too horrible but a couple where it's like pretty intense where they like med- medically lift people out they'll a lot of people mm-hmm. get pulled because for medical reasons because they get too skinny which is a common thing like they'll get to the end uh, and it's like the final four people are just in it to win it but then they'll just be like you can't stay like you're you're too thin your heart rate is up and yeah i was gonna ask are there ethical is this ethically questionable this uh, i mean clearly there's some type of ethical well, like we're pulling you out right they have thing. some guidelines oh they do have yeah. health guidelines and i mean the people are there willingly but there is an element i will say well, people are at squid game willingly. no no i know that's what i'm saying there is an element to watching this show where you'll see people talk about like I really need you know to take care of my nephew who can only stay with us this many months of the year Uh if we had that $500,000 it would make all the difference and there is an undercurrent that just feels like wow in a more equitable society people wouldn't do this even though I would think it would also be some just regular adrenaline these people yes like that's only there in the eye of the beholder and like this show is people who are fantastic at this stuff who love being outside 
trying to mm-hmm. see what they can do. And it's, it's really amazing. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is that the real challenge that most people run into is the psychological challenge. It's not a lot of times there are people who will survive, like they'll be doing pretty well and they'll just tap out because they're like, I miss my family. Like I miss my kids. I can't wow. do yeah. this anymore. You know, they'll last months. You know, I think one guy made it a hundred days in one season and it's, there are people who are more suited to it than others, but the psychological aspect of it is fascinating because they're truly alone and they're just talking yeah. into the camera and there are people, some of them are so funny and they come up with ways to sing and entertain themselves. They make musical instruments. It's just like a fascinating, very huge human cool show about like ingenuity and survival and i really recommend it it, it is a show i think a lot of people don't know sounds about awesome so it's worth checking out if that sounds interesting to you i found just watching a whole season to be like a riveting very cool experience so it's called alone it's on netflix it's also i think there are a bunch of seasons on hulu as well and uh yeah it's a cool show I'm just trying cool. to imagine us in a different and a parallel parallel reality where Squid Game is real, like you just excitingly talking about this murder game that you were watching on TV. Like, yeah, they're all there okay, so it's all gamblers, and, they make and they're a all lot trying to get out of debt. They win. Well, and that um, is, and you know, that is kind of the thing about Squid Game is that in the end, it does wind up being also this sort of profound statement about humanity and and why we do uh, what yeah. we do and what uh, you can survive. Uh, uh, yeah, um, no, it isn't really very much like Squid Game. Um, Jason, what's your one more thing? So my one more thing is not Better Call Saul. It's the fact that I had a child. It's two more things. You guys <laughs> might, have, might have heard about this last week. Uh, I'm excited that I, Oh, wait. No, you. you heard about it today for the first time. Amanda was pregnant <laughs> for nine months, and you guys had no idea. Um, <laughs> yes, I had, a, I had a child. I've gone from one to two children, which is an interesting That's experience. twice as many it's, as before. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's exhausting. Um because like suddenly say. you have to you have to switch from uh, uh, two people taking care of one person to each of you taking care of a different right. Person. They've got you evenly matched. You have one yeah. more, you're going to be outnumbered. Yeah, you got to be careful. No, we're not going to have one more. Oh, okay. We're done. We're stopping at two. Capping two it is at our, two. our limit. Yeah, we're done just at two. keeping keeping the decks even. Mm-hmm. That's um, good, I think. Balanced yeah. experience. But yeah, a couple of random <laughs> thoughts. First of all, it's it's been interesting to see how our oldest has reacted or not reacted because <laughs> she does not seem very interested so far in him, <laughs> which makes sense because he's this like little helpless. You forget how small they are when they first pop out, and, and they don't how do they a just lot. Do nothing. In those early days. They poop eight times a day, and the first like day, early days all they do is eat every two hours yeah it takes a few months before before they become really fun but what's happened what's been happening recently the past year or so is my toddler has gotten incredibly fun and is now like super fun to hang out with so yeah. i'm lucky because i don't have to do the feeding and so my wife is like breastfeeding our baby and i get to hang out with the toddler mm. so like tomorrow morning i'm gonna go to the grocery store and take my toddler who loves going to the grocery store and just hang out with her so that's that part is fun like getting to hang out with the bigger kids um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what this what this brings and what this means for my free time, video gaming time, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Uh, so far, Steam Deck has been useful. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. Switch has I'm been sure. useful. Um, and yeah, it's a trip, man. It's a trip having two kids. It's a trip. Yeah, I will say that as a younger brother of an older sister, that's a pretty it's a pretty great way to be. It's pretty cool to be a younger mm. brother of an older sister in terms of being a balanced yes, human being. we were very thrilled. This is exactly what we wanted. You wanted one of we each? We wanted an older girl and then a younger it's boy. It's a good setup. Exactly I think. Really? Wow. That's, that's what we Why wanted. Why that? Uh, Just because? 
Yeah, we wanted one of each. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, why. but you didn't. It didn't well, matter. Well, Amanda's. It's also a, that's what Amanda's family. Oh, dynamic I see. Is. I see. I see. She's I see. the older sister, and she has a younger brother. So got it. Worked it. Out nicely. There is something. Uh, there's something to be said for learning to be friends with a girl and always having a girl who is yeah. bigger than you I for your whole that. childhood and, and that you always have to you. Yeah, and you have to kind of respect her and like follow her lead. I think that was good yeah. for me. Yeah. No, I agree with this. Yeah. It's yeah. just like counteracting the society telling you the opposite of that stuff. Right. It's good for you. It is. I think it's right. a good thing. I'm on yeah. board with this. Um also by the way fun story that I forgot to tell you earlier. I took a video like 2 months ago of my oldest, my toddler, my near 3-year-old playing Super Mario World for the first time and I was going to send it to you guys, but then I realized she's wearing the shirt that says Big Sister and so I couldn't send it to you. So wow. now, I'll, now I'll have to send I would have just thought it was a BioShock 2 reference. Like so. yeah, <laughs> that would be Little Sisters though. So no, it was the Big Sisters in BioShock 2. Oh, BioShock there 2. Are, yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah. it be the truly yeah. deep cut. um but yeah i'm sure i'm sure i will be talking much more about the trials and tribulations of having two children yeah. now that we've established mm-hmm. this new reality uh yeah. new and the the sitcom that is triple click we yeah. just got a new a new member a new, new member of the cast gotta shake things up to the show. In season three yeah for season three we gotta shake new things up. origin story is that anything i'm gonna say it works it fits <laughs> in with the theme i think so <laughs> yep yep my baby superhero. Nice. Well, that's very exciting. Congratulations again. Yay. And uh, yeah, we look forward Thanks. to many more stories. Yeah. All right. Well, yep. 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 we did it. We made another episode of Triple Click. Look at us. We sure did. Hey. We All did right. it. Good times. All right, everybody. Well, we will be back in your feeds in another week to talk more about video games. Until then, I'll see the two of you next week. See you guys next week. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edit and mix the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Some of the games and products we talked about on this episode may have been sent to us for free for review consideration. You can find a link to our ethics policy in the show notes. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll consider supporting us by becoming a member at MaximumFun.org join. Find us on Twitter at TripleClickPod, send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org, and find a link to our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.